the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park, W262CP Bayonet Point. Brought to you by Moss Nissan. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. God is going to present his solution to our problem. And his solution is his son. And what did his son do? His son, who was perfectly righteous, who didn't commit any sin ever, went to the cross and died for our unrighteousness, for the fact that we don't understand, for the fact that we don't seek God, for the fact that we've turned aside, for the fact that we haven't done good, for the fact that our throat is like an open grave, and there's deceit in our tongues, and there's poison in our lips, and our mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, and where our feet are swift to shed blood, and there's destruction and misery in our paths, and the path of peace we haven't known. There's no fear of God before our eyes, and Christ had all those sins and many more put upon himself. The Apostle Paul spent most of the first three chapters of Romans spelling out just what is our problem when it comes to gaining entrance to heaven. The problem is that no one who has ever lived can make it. But we're getting very close to the point in Romans where Paul gave the wonderful news that God himself has solved our problem. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff has been leading us in a series of lessons from the first three chapters of Romans. We call these daily Bible classes of the air verse by verse because that is just how we study God's Word, one verse at a time. Pastor Steve has been teaching this way for over 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We at Verse by Verse Ministries adapt his practical messages to radio format. God says that there is no one righteous. Some of us are not as outwardly bad as others, but none of us even comes close to God's standards. Yet he offers to make us righteous, something we could never do on our own. If you have your Bible, turn to Romans 3, verse 13, and here is Pastor Steve. Let's look at verse 13. Their throat is an open grave. One of the first things a doctor says when you get to his office is, open your mouth. That's when you gag. You know, you don't want to have just eating lunch when he says that, but open your mouth. And uh, he puts that stick in there and he looks. When the great physician says, open your mouth, you know what he sees? Death. He sees death. He sees an open grave. I have never been to an open grave. The closest I came to it was watching the news when the remains of Joseph Mengele were unearthed. Just watching it was sickening. They brought that brown stuff on. I can just imagine what it smelled like. Putrid. God looks into our mouths, into our throats. He sees putridness, death. And what comes out of a putrid heart are putrid words. Stench comes out of an open grave because there's death there. Filthy words, vulgar language, unclean words, 
dirty stories come out of our mouths because they emanate from our hearts. Someone has said that this is emitting the noisome exhalations of a putrid heart. And that's so true. Have you ever noticed how, how children pick up certain words? Have you noticed it's very natural for children to gravitate to things that they shouldn't gravitate to? I call it toilet talk. Um, they love to speak, and they're not trying to be vicious. It just kind of shows their depravity. They love to say these words at the most inappropriate times. With our own children, usually when we have company over, they begin to talk about the human anatomy in the presence of company. And I, you know, I just want to faint and figure my ministry is over. You know, but I think it's very normal and very natural. They hear something. And that's their conversation for the next few weeks and months, hopefully not years. But all that to say that out of the heart comes those things, and, and, and man, because of his sin, is attracted to that. But what happens after your physician looks at your throat? Then he tells me the part that I hate. He says, stick out your tongue. You know, that's when I really gag. What does he find? Look at this in verse 13. With their tongues, they keep deceiving. They keep deceit. You know what happens when he looks at the, the tongue? He sees deceit, deceitfulness, lying. Man is a liar. You can't trust men. Nations ought to know this. Business people ought to know it. Others ought to know. You can't trust one another. Deceitfulness. We lie. We say we're feeling fine when we're not. You know, how are you doing? Great. You know, just miserable, but say great. We tell lies, we exaggerate, we tell people it's good to see them when it was rotten to see them. Now, I'm not saying you say rotten to see you, just don't say anything, you know, take care. Now, if I say take care to you, don't, you know, <laughs> conclude by that, that, you know, it's rotten to see you. But, I mean, don't lie. But, we, you see, we do it so naturally that we don't even think much about it. You know what else the great physician sees when he says, stick out your tongue? Not only does he see deceitfulness, look at the... And the rest of verse 13, the end of it, the poison of asps is under their lips. One Bible scholar in commenting on this says, says this, he illustrates it. He says, the fangs of a deadly serpent lie ordinarily folded back in its upper jaw. But when it throws its head back to strike, those hollow fangs drop down. And when the serpent bites, the fangs press a sack of deadly poison hidden under the lips at the root, thus injecting venom into the wounds. This is to say that man is born with a poison sack and that he uses words to strike at his fellow man. How often we strike others with poison. James says that, that the, the tongue is a deadly poison full of evil. Slanderous statements, gossip, put-downs, sarcasm, being sharp with someone else, yelling, that's the speech that, of man that destroys others. Why? Because God says your heart is sinful, and so your, your conduct's going to be. Not only this, verse 14 says, whose mouth is full of cursings and bitterness. Cursings and bitterness. You say, but I don't curse. I have never cursed a day in my life. That's not what God is saying. What he's saying is, under the right set of circumstances, you would curse just as bad as anybody else. See, he's not saying that everybody does all these things. He's saying that everyone is capable of them. That that's our condition as God sees it. Not the way we behave outwardly. Under the right set of circumstances, you would curse like anybody else. 
You say, I couldn't do that. Then you've never come to that place where you understand how unrighteous you are. You can do anything. We're capable of everything. And look, look at verses 15, 16, and 17. You're capable of this, and so am I. Their feet are swift to shed blood. The first child born into the world was Cain, and what was he? A murderer. Destruction and misery are in their paths. The whole history of man is war, fighting. The path of peace had they not known. In spite of the United Nations, in spite of all the peace treaties, in spite of everything, there's no peace in the world because we've rejected the Prince of Peace. People fight and, and have quarrels and, and wars. And I just heard about a, about a fight at McDonald's. I mean, people pushing in line to get a Big Mac. You know, that, that just kind of illustrates man's depravity. Push in line to get a Big Mac. What's the cause of all this? Verse 18, there is no fear of God before their eyes. The fear of God is a very important theme in the Old Testament, and it's, it, it, it has two aspects of it. The one aspect is a positive aspect. The fear of God is, is that which is a reverence that leads to trust, worship, and obedience. But I'll tell you what, and I think that many Christians have even forgotten this. There's another negative aspect to the fear of God. The fear of God is that I don't want God to discipline me, and so I refrain from certain behavior. There's a mixture of motives when we do things. I don't think anybody here has, has reached that spiritual pinnacle where you say, I only do what I do out of love for the Lord. There's a lot of things that I do out of love for the Lord mixed in with a lot of fear of the Lord. Because if you behave a certain way, you know the Lord's going to deal with you. And I personally don't want him to deal with me that way. So I refrain from certain behavior. That's the fear of God. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 6, 16, verse 6 says this, By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. See, the problem with our world and the problem with, with people before they come to know Christ is they don't fear God, and that's astounding. We fear everything else. We fear getting mugged. We fear getting beaten up. We fear getting hit by someone. We fear all these things, but we don't fear God. And when you don't fear God, you don't think that you have to conform to his standards. In fact, that's why people usually become atheists. Because it's a very convenient way to say there is no God. I'm going to relieve my guilt. I don't fear him. Not, and there's no fear of God. It's the fear of God that keeps a man from doing what's wrong. But since no one fears him, no one is righteous in their behavior. Now, we come to the end of this. Paul's application. And this is where we apply it ourselves. As Paul closes his argument, the argument that what? Everyone is sinful. They're sick in their heart. He makes one final application to Jewish people, and it applies to the church person today. And then he gives his conclusion to the whole matter. After we've gone through this, and, and, and think back over all the chapters that deal with man's sin, and we dealt with such issues as homosexuality and lesbianism and cruelty of people and, and hypocrisy and all of these things, what's your reaction, honestly, to your spiritual condition? Most people reading these verses would say it applies to others, but not to themselves. And you know what? That's what many of Paul's Jewish readers did. They still felt that the Gentiles were bad. I mean, really bad. And they were good, really good. And so they felt that God's words were directed at the heathen, not them. You know, it's somebody else. It's kind of like sitting in a pew and somebody's preaching and you wonder, I hope others are hearing this. You know, they really need this message. I told somebody recently that the Lord had spoken to me. And in essence, this person said, good really glad, you know. We have probably all been guilty of that at one time or another. 
Sometimes when I know a person who has issues with the subject of a sermon, I have to remind myself to not think about how they are receiving it and pay attention to the way I apply the message to my own life. We're going to pause for a minute to introduce ourselves to those who've just tuned in. You're listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. There's another reason we stopped here. Pastor Steve has an important announcement to share with you before we resume our lesson. Hi, this is Steve Kreloff. I wanted to take a few moments today to tell you how pleased I am that you're listening to Verse by Verse. Our goal here at Verse by Verse is to teach people the Word of God so that they'll be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ and glorify God. I hope that you've been learning and growing in your faith as you've listened to our broadcasts. As a faithful listener to these broadcasts, I feel you should know that Verse by Verse needs your financial support. It's costly to prepare and broadcast these programs, and we can only continue to do so if our listeners support this ministry. So I would ask you to please consider giving a gift as a way of saying thank you to the Lord for providing this program to help you in your Christian walk. All gifts to Verse by Verse are tax deductible. You can give via PayPal on our website, which is versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Or you can send your gift to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. Thank you, and may our Lord richly bless and strengthen you as you listen to him speak, verse by verse. If you have been following in your Bible and lost your place, we're at Romans chapter 3, verse 19. Here comes Pastor Steve now with the rest of our lesson for today. They still felt that the Gentiles were bad. So what does Paul say? Look at verse 19. Now we know, now we, we Jews, we understand this. It's obvious that whatever the law says... It speaks to those who are under the law. What's he saying? He's saying this, that it's for you. It's not for the Gentiles. He's not speaking to the Gentiles. Oh, we understand that that as God's word came to the Jew about his sin, it also described the Gentile sin, but specifically the word of the Old Testament, and that's what he means by law here, not just the Ten Commandments. The Old Testament was written to you Jews, so don't say that it doesn't apply to you. God is speaking to you. And why did God write his holy standards to the Jew? Because, and watch this, and I think this is the key to the whole passage. It speaks to those who are under the law. Why? So that every mouth may be closed and all the world may become accountable to God. You know why God gave the revelation of his holy standards? To shut the mouth of everyone. Everyone. God's estimate of man's righteousness or unrighteousness is designed to take away all of your arguments. If you understand nothing else about Romans, understand this, that God has given his word to shut our mouths. What does he mean by that? It means that when the word of God comes to me and shows me that I'm a sinner, I stop boasting. I stop saying, but God, look at all that I've done for you. And the word comes and God says, be quiet. I said, but God, I've given to charity. I've gone to church. I've been a leader. Be quiet. But God, I treat my family well. Keep your mouth closed. The word of God is designed to shut our mouths. No boasting. No defense of ourselves. 
We cease bragging about how good we are. You know, you can tell when someone's close to becoming a Christian. You can tell because he stops talking about himself. He has nothing to say. He stops telling you how wonderful he is. He stops arguing. There's no defense. No more does he say, but I do this and I do that. The word of God has come to him and has shut his mouth completely because he, he sees the testimony of Scripture and he says, what can I say? He just keeps quiet because he's accepted the truth from God about his sinful condition. For 18 years of my life, I gave God all kinds of arguments about my self-righteousness and how my good outweighed my bad. And I had, you know, I thought great defense. And, but then the word of God came to me and I realized that there, I was in that category of none righteous. No, not even one. And I, I shut up. There's nothing more to say. What, what more could you say? And there are people who think, and I've had people say, to, say this to me in arrogance, when I stand before God, I'm going to tell God a thing or two, and I'm going to tell them this and that, and I'm going to... When they stand before God. You know, it's kind of like when you, when, you, uh, when you get a traffic ticket and you think that you were, you were right and you weren't guilty. I heard about someone who said, uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to tell the judge a thing or two, and I'm going to tell the judge how I was right. And when they got in the courtroom, they were so scared. This guy, you know, leaning over his bench and with the robe, and all they could just say was, guilty. You know, that's it, just guilty. Nobody's going to say to God, I did this and I did that. And if they ever try it, God's going to say, shut up. That every mouth may be stopped. The world might become accountable or guilty before him. But you see, the Jew thought his keeping of the law could save him, not silence him. The Jew didn't understand that, that the law was given to silence him. He thought it was to save him. So Paul explains in verse 20, because, and if your version says therefore, it shouldn't be there. It should be because. He is giving a word of explanation. Because this is why every mouth is shut. And this is why everyone is accountable to God. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. Justified means righteous, declared righteous. By the keeping of the law, no one's going to be declared righteous. The law, the law doesn't, doesn't declare you righteous. You couldn't keep the law anyway. You can't keep the law. It's impossible. You say, but if I could, could I go to heaven? Yeah, you could. Yeah. But you won't. You can't. And you haven't. And you've got a, a, spiritually, uh, a spiritual criminal record. By the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. Do you know how many people think that by keeping the law, they can get to heaven? Absolutely not. Why? Look what he says. What's the law given for then? For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. God gave his law, amongst other reasons, primarily to show us our sin. The law reveals how wicked we are. The law shows us our need of righteousness. You know, you, you get up and you look in the mirror to see how your hair is, but the mirror is not going to comb your hair, right? On your dashboard, it lights up and says something, and maybe, you know, you need oil, but the dashboard's not going to, you know, give you oil. It just reveals it. That's all. The law simply reveals our sin. It cannot save a person. See, the law reveals to you that you have sinned, that you haven't lived up to the light. It condemns you. The law never saved you. It condemned you. I wonder if you feel condemned today. I wonder if as Paul closes his section, as we close our section, has the law of God slain you? Has it actually slain you in your heart? Have you decided to keep quiet in the light of God's statements about your unrighteousness? Now you may, as we said, have not done any of these outwardly, but the root 
of all of these sins are in each of us. That's what he's saying. The roots are there. The potential is there. And under the right set of circumstances, we would commit all of them. All of them. Now, if Romans stopped right here, we'd all be in big trouble. Be hopeless, hopelessly lost, without any solution to our problem. Beginning at next week, we'll look at verse 21 and following. But I, I can't stop at verse 20. Just look at the beginning of verse 21. But, but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested. How's that righteousness been manifested? Verse 22, through faith in Jesus Christ. We're not hopelessly lost. But if it stopped there, if, that was, if Romans ended with chapter 3, verse 20, it would be doomsday for all of us. But now, God is going to present his solution to our problem. And his solution is his son. And what did his son do? His son, who is perfectly righteous, who didn't commit any sin ever, went to the cross and died for our unrighteousness, for the fact that we don't understand, for the fact that we don't seek God, for the fact that we've turned aside, for the fact that we haven't done good, for the fact that our throat is like an open grave, and there's deceit in our tongues, and there's poison in our lips, and our mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, and where our feet are swift to shed blood, and there's destruction and misery in our paths, and the path of peace we haven't known. There's no fear of God before our eyes, and Christ had all those sins and many more put upon himself by the Father, and he died in our place. Why? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The message is this. You and I are unrighteous in ourselves, and we need desperately the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And how does that come about? It comes about when I recognize how sinful I really am. I'm slain by the law of God. My mouth is stopped. I stop boasting. My heart is humbled, and by faith, with humility, I accept that Christ has died for me, and I go his way and trust his righteousness in paying for my sin. That is salvation. And if there's a person here who is without Christ, that's the message to you. That's the message from God, that every mouth may be stopped. Don't go out of here thinking that you're still good enough to get to heaven. You aren't. Now, God still loves you, and God says you're important, but as far as your spiritual condition, you can't bat a thousand. Doesn't matter if someone bats 300, can't bat 1,000. But Christ has batted 1,000. And he offers you the righteousness of his batting mark of 1,000. Will you accept it? Will you receive it by faith? Trust him. We'll give you an opportunity after the service to come and speak to our counselors so that they can explain more clearly how you can be righteous in God's sight. But I think there's an application for Christians. You know, oftentimes we Christians think that we're really above all of this. That, that even though we know we have a sin nature, we somehow forget how really wicked we are. I hope you're grateful for the grace of God in your life today. I hope you're grateful for the righteousness of Jesus Christ given to you. I hope you realize and appreciate that, that in God and his grace has done something for our sin problem. And I hope you'll be praising him for all of eternity. And never forget that we're sinners undone unless Christ stepped in and did something. And he has. Shall we pray? Our Father, we pray now, thanking you for the grace of Jesus Christ. Lord, these are, these are heart-searching words from the Scriptures. This is a portrait of us. Even as Michelle sang before that we want to be a portrait of Jesus Christ, so we also have seen that before Christ, this is a portrait of, of who we are. This is a, a photograph. 
This is an x-ray of our wicked heart and an examination of our wickedness that manifests itself in our behavior. Amen. We need to be reminded, don't we, that the only way to heaven is through trust in the free offer of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. We are glad you could join us today for another verse-by-verse lesson from God's Word. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is our instructor. He has been serving since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily broadcasts are produced by Verse by Verse Ministries and are made possible through the gifts and prayers of listeners like you, who are first faithful to their own churches. Our website has not only today's lesson for listening or downloading, we also make available previous classes so that you can catch any you might have missed. You will find us at versebyverseradio.org. We also offer CDs or cassettes with the entire message from which today's class came. To order yours, call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will call you back during weekday office hours. The number again is 727-441-1714. As we have seen over the past few weeks, heaven is a closed city. No force on earth, no amount of effort or sacrifice on our part will get us in. We cannot sneak in or buy our way in. There is only one way in, and it is infinitely expensive. Only one person can pay the price. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.